This is Teen Quest Live, where we create conversations about youth culture, parenting, and issues facing teenagers in today's world. Here's our host, Mark Witt. We know that the family is the most basic to any culture, yet there's so much an attack on the family today. My guest today uh, is Scott Martin, a pastor, lawyer, father, and believer in Christ. Last time we began talking about the attack on the family, so today we're going to continue our discussion of the family on this edition of Teen Quest Live. Since 1976, Teen Quest has been on the cutting edge of reaching a world of teenagers for Christ. Teen Quest's mission is to share Christ with students throughout the world through mission ventures, special events, teaching, music drama productions, personal evangelism, and camping at the Teen Quest Ranch. Teenagers from all backgrounds and locations come to the Teen Quest Ranch in the Laurel Highlands throughout the year for a camping experience that is second to none. Students come from different parts of the world to the Teen Quest Ranch. Lots of activities from horseback riding, paintball, laser tag, to ATV trails. Summer camps, spring and fall camps, and snow camps are some of the opportunities teenagers will experience at Teen Quest throughout the year. Our goal is to win, disciple, and send teenagers to a world that needs Christ. Go to our webpage, teenquest.org, and check out the great opportunities for students. By the way, help us continue this strong outreach by making a generous donation to Teen Quest. Go to teenquest.org forward slash donate. That's teenquest.org forward slash donate. Together, we can reach a world of teenagers for Christ. Well, again, my guest today is Scott Martin, pastor, lawyer, even a camp speaker at Teen Quest. And Scott, sure good having you back on the program again today, talking about the family. Yeah, thank you, Mark, for having me. It's it's really my pleasure to be with you here this morning. Thank you. You know, uh, many parents, even Christian parents, have this idea, at least I, I, I feel this way, they send their kids to a Christian school, and they kind of wipe their hands and say, "Well, now that's the job of the teacher to teach my kids. I've, I've, uh, I've given them that responsibility, and they walk away." Or, or a, a parent, uh, uh, you know, does that kind of thing, and and they have the feeling that it's not their responsibility. What, what do you, what do you say about that? Mark, my kids go to a private school. And this is a more sheltered environment. And it's been a tremendous blessing to shield my kids from worldly teachings and to protect them from being bullied for their Christians' beliefs. Uh, sorrowfully, whether we like it or not, Christians today are being persecuted for their belief in Christ, even kids. However, I believe that every parent is the first and likely the most influential preacher and Christian example in their kids' lives. And the book of Proverbs actually teaches us about this. It says, hear the instructions of your father and do not forsake the teachings of your mother. I wouldn't entrust my kids with somebody else to change their diapers or save for their college fund or buy them clothes. And so why would we trust the teacher or somebody else other than a parent uh, with the responsibility of teaching them about Jesus? And wouldn't you say that the teacher is the extension, whether it's a public school teacher or or a Christian school teacher, private school teacher, wouldn't you say that that teacher is the extension of the parent? They, they help us do our job. I believe in an ideal world, the answer to that question would be yes, but I've witnessed actually firsthand that the educational system is just changing so drastically before our eyes that 
some of the teachers and the curriculum that our children are being taught, I think, are overreaching probably things that they should be uh, instructing our children on. Um, and so that's why I think now more than ever, it's important for parents to just we, be in touch not only yeah. with their children as far as what they're learning, but also the teachers as well. Well, you know, the candidate Terry McGaffey from Virginia, the, he was going to be governor. Of course, he was terribly defeated. He proclaimed during a debate before the election last year that parents should not have any say in the education of their children. <laughs> and that's crazy. When parents express opposition in the front of school boards, even the U.S. Eternal, uh, uh, Attorney General announced his desire to, pr to pr prosecute parents. Why is this kind of stuff happening in America? Wh wh where has this gone? Now, we've gone from our responsibility, now the government is saying it's not our responsibility. What, what's the truth? You know, you can't have it both ways, right, Mark? Right. Um, you know, I'm personal friends with teachers in public schools, and one, one of those friends specifically who professes to have a firm belief in Christ and a deep conviction for the teaching of the Bible is sincerely, uh, sincerely grieved in her heart because she's being told by her school administrators that they must teach their kids at even seven years old that they must decide whether they're a boy or a girl. And furthermore, this choice, this choice is now being kept private from their parents. It's almost unbelievable. Man, our, this, go ahead. Our parents were losing their freedoms? Yeah, I think in those cases, uh, they are. When a school will interfere with those type of decisions that are very personal and should be discussed among the Christian family unit, uh, I think that absolutely the parents are being overstepped by these academic curriculums. So what should a parent do when the, their kids are reading books or studying material or being trained contrary to what we believe? What would you do as a parent? You know, Mark, I'm a strong believer in policing every area of my kids' lives, and my kids know this. Uh, and this has helped create a Christian environment in my home that will not tolerate ungodliness. Uh, this applies to shows they watch, conversations they have, and our communications to one another. And someone might say that's a very strong position. In fact, I had a close friend of mine say recently, you can't shelter your kids from the world because the world influence is just too strong or something like that. And so does that mean if I'm on a safari in the middle of a jungle in a Jeep and there's lines all around that I just throw my hands up and say, oh, well, kids, there's no hope for us. There's lines are going to eat us. <laughs> oh, right. Or if one of my kids is drowning, do I just let them drown or, or do I do whatever I need to do to keep my kids safe? Uh, Jesus teaches us about this in his ministry when he throws the money changers out of the temple, doesn't he? Yep. They were doing what was evil in his sight. And, show, and so he drove them out with force. And I think as parents, we must have that same mindset when it comes to our children and creating an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit in our homes. Okay, what there about, must be a zero tolerance right. against all that's ungodly. Now, what do you do about a situation where maybe your teenage son is intimidated going to a public school or whatever, and uh, they're afraid to tell you what's really going on in the school because they're afraid maybe you're going to come in and embarrass them or whatever, and how should you approach your son or daughter? I mean, they don't want to tell you anything because they're afraid you're going to stir the waters. You know, my kids are just getting to that age, Mark. My my oldest daughter's 13. 
Uh, and so the teenage years are here and my son, he's not too far behind. He's 12. And I've been thinking about, you know, how are my wife and I going to combat these teenage years, which, as you know, are their formidable years, uh, the, the years when the world comes crashing in. And it's our responsibility as parents to be extra cautious. And what I've been doing with my son is I've been setting aside deliberate time to just go like get a milkshake. And, and this is the time for him and I just to talk. And I found that my son wants to talk to me. And sometimes with work or if I'm reading or, or busy about the house, I think that I presented myself to him as unapproachable. But by taking these deliberate steps to set aside time for us to just have an environment to talk, I have found it to be very fruitful in him just to talk about things at school, talk about his friends, open the door so that I can ask questions to see what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. And I think as parents, we need to do that. We need to set aside specific time for our children to have a venue to talk to us. Very good. Let's talk about devices. Um, you know, the smartphones came into uh, America around 2007. I don't know when you got your first smartphone, but uh, <laughs> it's almost a, it's become almost a, a necessity today. We, we rely on our smartphones, all of us, and uh, maybe not all of us, but many of us. Um, today, kids have access to anything, including pornographic stuff, right in the palm of their hands. I, uh, Scott, I love the smartphone, but um, but I believe that's changed the culture. I noticed that to be different in our camps when kids bring smartphones, and I've had parents get upset because they're if if we don't allow them to have smartphones during certain times at, at camp, parents get upset because they want to be able to reach their kids anytime they want. How do you think this uh, smartphone phenomenon has has hurt our culture, and what can we do about it? You know, Mark, I couldn't agree more with everything that you've said, and I know this is a battle for a lot of parents, and I'll, and I'll tell you how I know that, because undoubtedly when I meet new parents, one of the icebreakers that we use to get to know one another is talking about our kids' excessive time on their devices. I can't tell you how many times, even in my own home, I would admit that I look in, into the living room from my dining room where I typically work and study, and all of my kids are either on a tablet or a device playing a game or talking to their friends. I think now more than ever, kids are seeking instant gratification, and that's what the devices afford them. Uh, it also distracts them from doing more important and more productive things. But I, I want to say one more thing about these devices that I've noticed with our kids' health is their access to social media influencers. They're looking up to these influencers as role models. And we have to be as aware as parents, especially in Christian families, that these influencers are affecting our kids' opinions as it pertains to life in a real way. Uh, and the more they're on devices, the more they're listening to these influencers uh, and the less time they're talking about things that are the most important, specifically the teachings of the Bible. Well, you know, when our boys were young, they didn't have smartphones, but um, they did have computers. And we would, we would not allow them to have a, a TV or a computer in their bedrooms. Uh, and, you know, I, I think parents have to, you know, come up with some rules and things that kind of monitor their kids, watch what they're doing and so forth. And uh, because they they have tr- such tremendous influence, and it's it's not always good influence. It's negative influence. Mm-hmm. And I think we as parents have got to do all we can to 
to make sure we know what's going on with our children and so forth. Um, wh- wh- why do you th- go ahead? Yeah, you have an answer to that or you have a comment? No, I couldn't agree more, Mark. Uh, these these influencers, these TikTokers, these social media sites. You know, sometimes my kids will remind me. They'll say, "Dad, but this TikToker's Christian." And my son was just saying that to me the other day. We were driving to his basketball practice, and I said, "Frankie." You know, just because someone says they're a Christian doesn't necessarily mean they are a Christian. And so he was puzzled by that statement. Uh, You know, I could say I'm a doctor, but if I never attended medical school or worked in a hospital, Mm. uh, that doesn't, you know, mean I'm a doctor. And I think that some of these influencers, they take the name of Christian. However, when you study their lives, their lives are contrary to what they profess to believe. And it's important for us for parents to have that type of conversation with our kids lest they get a distorted view of what Christianity really is. Well, Scott, believe it or not, we're out of time once again, and thank you for being on our program today as we talk about the family. We need to pray for God's revival on the family. And uh, thank you for being a great influence and a great example to many people listening right now about the family. Thank you so much for being on our program today. It is my pleasure, Mark. Thank you. This is Mark Witt and Scott Martin. Have a great day. This is Teen Quest Live.